0: Battle English at WeSpeakEnglish.com, where the pen is mightier and the language is the true battleground. There will be three rounds. Round one is critique combat. Round two is the grammar gauntlet. Round three is the lesson showdown. Remember, this is a fun, friendly, educational battle. Discussion of topics, questions, and answers is encouraged. And for everyone watching at home, you can learn more about Battle English at wespeakenglish.com. Are you ready? In today's battle, we have Daniel Thunder from Down Under taking on Anna the Avenger. The judges of today's battle are Kirill the Bearded Linguist, and the second judge today is yours truly, Christopher Chris Amerikos. Critique Combat. In this round, we will show you short clips from YouTube videos, and you need to identify mistakes, correct errors, and explain how the topic could have been taught better or improved. Remember, points will be awarded for correctly identifying and correcting mistakes, and for insightful and constructive critiques. So... Anna was first to the meeting, and that means that she goes first.
1: So we proudly submit our bid to host World Expo 2020 in Yekaterinburg, a dynamic and promising city. Our Bits organizing committee has the full backing of the Russian government.
0: So Anna, what did you find in this clip?
2: Okay, um, I didn't find any specific grammatical or speaking errors, but I did find that his accent was extremely heavy and hard to hear. It almost came across a bit drawing, drawing, pardon me, like D-R-A-W-L-I-N-G. So if he was my student, I would say he does have a really good sense of confidence when he speaks. I do find him a dynamic speaker, kind of like Trump. I know people disagree with them, but I find Obama, Trump, Putin all really dynamic. I think sometimes we're too critical of powerful people. We don't recognize how good they are, what they do. But I also think he, uh, if he would put a little more space between his words and have a bit more enunciation and also a more natural flow to his sentences. And also he was kind of making fists and having his hands low. I think if he's going to have body language, if he would make it closer to his face, uh, that would be better.
0: Wow. Those are some really insightful critiques because when I saw this clip, I definitely wasn't thinking about those things. This is going to give me a lot to think about. Thank you. Do you have any comments on that
1: no, yeah that's uh, that's very uh, a nice explanation of the mistake that they have but maybe you can point out maybe some specific you say that there are some pronunciation mistakes and pronunciation errors maybe you can tell us no, about I some... didn't
2: find a specific one to be honest so maybe Daniel can grab the throne on that one
3: I just have to check with you was that um an English clip or was that no, I... <laughs> yeah 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 he was speaking English in that clip yeah. English. <laughs> wow. I had to shake my head a little bit when I was first listening to it. I thought, wait a second, is that Russian? What language is it? <laughs> uh, so I didn't find exactly any, any grammatical errors, but um, his pronunciation was absolutely shocking. Very, very bad. I could hardly understand what he said. Uh, I think he proudly submit and then the full backing. Like I could, I could hardly understand what he was saying. So Grammatically, it sounded correct, but the pronunciation was very bad, and I could hardly understand it. Mm-hmm. When I said "proudly submit," mm-hmm. it was nothing like that. The sound was not "probably submit." <laughs> it, was, it was like that. And then he said, "I've got the full backing," which I could barely make out. The full mm-hmm. backing in just like, like mm-hmm. it was completely so really bad pronunciation. I could barely understand. Um, But grammatically, I think it was okay. The sentence structure with the words were okay, I think.
0: From what I could understand. I have a question for both uh, challengers. Do you think that that was a pre-written speech for him?
2: Yeah, for sure, oh
0: yeah. Yeah, he'd memorized it. Me
2: and Daniel agreed on everything so far.
0: All right, those are great responses. Let's go ahead to the second clip and Daniel, you'll take the lead on this.
1: Sometimes clients have to explain me something. So they uh, voice message me on WhatsApp or they send me a video you know, of their funnels or of their
0: profiles and I'll just give a feedback. I usually prefer working on a computer because typing is easier, looking up things is easier. Oftentimes it's just the phone when I'm like waiting somewhere. So
3: the first mistake I could hear, he said, explain me. He, he didn't say, explain to me with the preposition. Very common mistake um, my students make. Uh, He was. He seemed very fluent, very confident, but that's the one mistake that I saw. Explain me, he said. He said, explain to me. That's what I found.
0: All right. Can I
2: add? Yeah, he also used like incorrectly. For example, instead of saying the cow is like a cat or something, he used it how I sometimes do. We're going to like go here and then like do this. So that was an incorrect use of like. I also think it was a bit distracting because... He wasn't making much eye contact and so i think if you're going to shoot a video in a car like that either have someone in the you know set up the camera like that or don't be driving and have someone point at you and be able to make eye contact or just don't shoot it in the car i think you lose a lot without the eye contact but that's just my opinion
0: okay so do you think his use of like was a mistake or a filler word or like he should have avoided it or is a mistake
2: um, I think it was a mistake definitely in terms of formal, in, um, formal English, but I do think it is popular on YouTube for people to use slang words. I feel like that is increasingly common, you know, shows like the Kardashians or something. They swear these <laughs> use casual words and a lot of YouTubers do that. Um, so, you know, I definitely a mistake in terms of formal English, but I do think using informal English can sometimes be conscious when people are trying to make accessible content.
1: True good point okay okay and uh, i have questions uh, to both of the contenders what do you guys think about his pronunciation what do you think about that Do you have anything to, to me it sounds
2: that? decent like almost like a, a, a native speaker i do think it could have done with a bit more spacing and emphasis between words i think if i was actually trying to take advice out of it i would have to really zone in um it wasn't pronunciation that sort of held my attention it could do with a bit more spacing and enunciation, but he sounds basically proficient like a native speaker to me
1: Mm-hmm. Daniel, anything to add? I see eye to
3: eye as well. The same comment, same. Uh, he's speaking very fast, and I could tell he wasn't a native, but he's very, um, he, his level is very high of English. And um, like um, he, he, it would work better if he slowed down and spoke more slowly. So I totally agree with you.
0: Yeah.
1: Thank you very much. And I guess we can get to the next link, right? Yeah.
2: Two negative words or a negative verb and a negative in a sentence. So if you... If you've heard that saying, I didn't do nothing is wrong, you're right, it's not standard pronunciation. But in this accent, you would be expected to always use double negatives. You would be expected to say, I didn't do nothing, rather than... I didn't do anything. People just wouldn't say that, it would sound a bit wrong.
0: All right, Anna, we're ready for your response.
2: Okay, um, I didn't see any particular errors, um, but I thought obviously she was teaching things by saying the incorrect, but I'm assuming that was intentional because it was a you know teaching English video focused on that. I do think she could have done with a lot more enthusiasm. And this was just a bit drab, like I definitely wouldn't have followed it um you know even mentally won't follow the channel and it just seemed like really like a really dry piece of bread or something
0: okay that's wow that's a critique uh (laughs) awesome daniel do you have anything that you'd like to say about this yeah
3: so she was teaching um she said the example i didn't do anything which is correct and then she said uh another way to say it is i didn't do nothing with a strong accent but she was teaching it like it was correct to say that, but that's very incorrect English to say, I didn't do nothing. Um, that's really slang street talk, which we, we would call very incorrect English. So that surprised me the way she was teaching it confidently, like really confidently saying, this is the way you can say it. Uh-huh. Um, I would be recommending you shouldn't talk like that. You might hear people talking incorrectly. On the street, this is the way I would teach that way, but this is incorrect English. If you want to speak the correct way, the proper way, Um, but like for that example, I didn't do anything, not nothing, for example. Uh But other than that, like you said, more expressive as well.
0: Looking at the camera, um, more intensity. I agree. Yeah. Do you think that's a mistake, or do you think that that is an acceptable variation in that type of English or that aspect or accent of english
3: it's it's a mistake in the correct english like when you're teaching but you will hear people natives speaking incorrectly so i think it's a mistake to say that yes okay
1: i have a question as well so uh, daniel you mentioned that uh, this was a mistake that uh, uh, some people might say that, right? Might use this, uh, this double negation, but uh, in general, this is not correct. So, and here I have a question. How do we identify what is correct and what is not correct?
3: That's a, yeah, that's a good question. Like, as you say, street talk natives would say this. I didn't do nothing. Um, So, but I would have to say it's incorrect to say that. Um, But the correct way to speak proper proper English would be, I didn't do anything, the negative and the positive. So I would say it's incorrect English. And if you want to speak correctly, this is the way to say it. Yeah.
1: Oh, but uh, do we have some kind of numbers? Do we know how many natives use double negation, how many uh, native doesn't? For example, if, let's say, 60% of native use double negation, but in grammar books, uh, there is a rule that you can't use double negation. Is it still incorrect? Um, first of all,
3: I, I I don't think 60% would be mm-hmm. using double negation, maybe 10%. Because
1: mm-hmm.
3: just to, as Chris and well, I, as we all know, speaking to natives,
0: mm-hmm.
3: that's a huge um, alarm bell when someone says <laughs> that. And when I'm speaking to natives, it hardly ever happens. Like 10 2% of the time, I, I'm speaking to natives. So it's very rare, um, and unless you're talking to people in the street who are from a different background, different level, um, it's more common. It, it depends who you hang out with, I suppose.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. OK, so
3: you thank
1: you very much. So, mm-hmm. so you think it's a
0: socioeconomic indicator?
3: Yeah, that could be it. Yeah, exactly.
0: So even though people might do it, you would advise people not to do it? Yes,
3: exactly. Okay. I would advise people not to speak that way. To, to add to your image, first impression, the, the way people judge you as well, especially if you're going for a job interview. If you talk like that, you won't get the job, basically, yeah.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. It's, it was a very, uh, very nice answer. Thank you very much for that. Thank you for your opinion. And uh, can we get to the next one, I guess, right? Yeah.
2: got a Lamborghini, you ain't got no license, you ain't got no license plates on it. You got unlicensed weapons and pounds of weed in it. But the kids are seeing that because of who they are, they thinking that's cool. All
0: right, Daniel, it's
3: your turn. Two, I found two, uh, not mistakes, but the way he was speaking. Uh, So the first one, he ain't got two things he ain't got. So this is very common slang from the USA uh, normally and um, you haven't got is the full phrase correct you haven't got but you ain't got you ain't got so this is very fast very natural slang from the usa and you hear this a lot so this is great for a student to hear this um uh, it's a great example the uh, the second one is um he said they think in that and he, he probably should have said correctly they are thinking or they could they have been thinking or but they are thinking he was missing the verb there but again this is street talk and, and and this is very common a lot of people speak this way even though it's incorrect ain't got is i would say that's correct it's very slang i would say it's correct english it's very very slang but they thinking I would say that's incorrect english because it's missing the verb they are thinking the present continuous so that's my critique
0: of those i found two of what he was saying yeah very cool okay great anna do you want to uh, add anything okay.
2: yes i wrote mine down i need a little longer with this one because this one for me had the most mistakes in terms of technical english so far um or correct English so um the first it was right about two seconds before the video count so maybe it's cheating but it said he done got arrested first instead of just he got arrested first um I noticed a lot of people who are from Indian language or African language backgrounds will do that I don't know if it's something different in their language group because that's one thing I tell my students is if you can learn the phonetics and typical mistakes of your language group where people will try and make the English more similar to what they're used to or more comfortable it can help you troubleshoot errors and know where to practice um, the second one I put is here is the most stupidest thing. Again, you don't need the most. Just like you don't need Dunn got arrested. You just not. You just need part of me. He got arrested first. You don't need here is the most stupidest thing. You just need here is the stupidest thing. And then um, yeah, as Daniel said, he said twice ain't got no license, and then you ain't got no license plate on it. Um, I agree that's a mistake, like Daniel said, but I would disagree that it's correct like um, English. I think for me at least, I just. Sort correct English and slang. So Daniel said he doesn't think it's a mistake. I would say it's a mistake as in it's slang, but of course everyone has the right to speak slang. I don't really do like correct slang versus incorrect slang. I just do like correct English versus incorrect, and incorrect is like a synonym for slang for me. Um, And then you got unlicensed weapons. Um, It should probably be uh, you have unlicensed weapons, and then they thinking that's cool. It should just be their thinking um, that's cool. And I don't have any critiques in terms of um, presentation whatsoever. In fact, I think its presentation was excellent. It was dynamic. I would love to watch it. It would also translate well into a YouTube short. It would make me want to click through. And I personally think um, it's, of course, different if you're teaching formal English. But I think in terms of making something like this, that's dynamic, versus something like the last one that had no errors but is boring, I think this content would do better. But of course, it is different. The whole point of it is to teach formal English. So yeah, that's my take.
0: Awesome, that was really in depth. Awesome, I think you hit a lot of the points that I was thinking about when I watched it. <laughs> yeah, that
1: that yeah, that's
0: that's amazing. Wow,
1: that's so cool. Uh, but I have a question to you, as uh, as uh, a teacher, as teachers, I'd like to ask you if uh, the slang, right, ain't, and all these you know, parts of language should be taught, uh, and uh, should students not at least learn, but be aware of uh, when and where they can encounter. Uh, these parts of uh, language, and in what if if we uh, agree that uh, we should uh, teach them, how should we present it, and uh, like um, what kind of uh, what kind of lesson should it be to uh, to present it and uh, to 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 teach those materials? I
2: really think it's really important because you will hear it even in formal settings. You know, even if I have a meeting with my boss, Chris. What if we use a swear word or an idiom, and the other person doesn't know? And that can really set apart people who are just learning a language because you don't want to be doing a presentation or something and someone says, oh, well, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater and you have to be trying to process what that is or think about it. So I think it's important to teach it. I do also think we need to teach formal English and just be clear which is which. But I think if we don't teach people filler words or just expressions like saying mm, when something is good, we can really be leaving people out to hang. So that's just my take.
1: Okay, thank you very much. Daniel, what do you think?
3: Excellent, yeah, I, I agree with Anna as well. Definitely should be taught. They should be definitely aware of it because it's gonna hear that this is the real English that they're gonna hear on the street, especially. Um, and um, what I would do in, in terms of teaching it like we're doing right now, give them examples, show them, show them video clips and the, the students will be very shocked at first. They'll be like, what did he just say? And what, the first time I would let them hear it without subtitles, second time with subtitles and then i would write it out really clearly and i would also write the correct way it should be with with the correct english so they can actually see the difference and then i would get them to repeat it saying imitating that guy so they can actually practice and that really gets in their heads um so that's but definitely they should definitely be able um, be learning these phrases, which are, like like Anna said, colloquial, very informal slang, definitely, because it's all around. This is what you hear everywhere now, this type of language, yeah.
1: Thank you very much. We can get to the next one, right, Chris? If you don't mind. Yeah. yeah, okay, great. Okay, he tried. It's not totally gibberish. It looks like he's got the actual lines, he just
2: didn't get off them correctly. So according to the subtitles, they're trying to say, we can bring back an actual nuclear expert. <laughs> Um, So Daniel might kick my butt on this one again, but I did not find any specific errors. Um, But I would say that it was a bit monotone, the way she was speaking. Um, I have a speaker in my um, regular classes. She comes back all the time, um, and she uh, speaks with a lot of enthusiasm and variance, and she's coming from a Chinese language background. I didn't find this with this uh, teacher speaker, so I think if she would do that, it would come a a bit more clear and also a bit more space between words. But I didn't find any particular uh, errors
0: all right daniel anything to say or add
3: yeah i couldn't understand that first phrase what she was saying um but so i listened to it the second time and i could just make out what she was saying very strong accent a lot of mispronounced words but it was it was a challenge to understand her um but it was very in- incorrect she said it looks like he's got the actual alliance he just didn't get off them correctly so so whatever she's trying to say there um it's quite mixed up she's using a phrase phrasal verb incorrectly get off them incorrectly. um so i'm trying to um work out exactly what she was trying to say there But um g- grammatically and the pronunciation was totally off it wasn't correct yeah
0: okay. yeah I, I noticed that point that you were talking about too and i had to listen to it a few times to try to understand it too Alright, Daniel, so you'll be responding first to this last video. Uh,
3: three years ago, I traveled to
2: Turkey by, uh, with my friends. Uh, when, we what, when we want um, to come back, I understood that I lost my passport. What did you
0: find in this clip?
3: Okay. Uh, this was probably the easiest clip for me. I could tell his level straight away was probably between pre-intermediate level. His first mistake was uh, two prepositions: be with instead of with, with be by with my friend. So two prepositions, bad pronunciation. Um, we want. I thought he w- wanted to say went, but then I realised we 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 want to come back. I think he said. He didn't, you put in the simple past tense where you say wanted. That was a mistake. You should have said we wanted. And then the, other, the last phrase was, I lost my passport, which is correct. He's missing connectors in between each sentence. It sounds very ro- robotic and very, um, he's not fluent. Um, but yeah, he did a good job, but that's my critique. Yeah.
0: All right. Anna, do you have anything to add to that?
2: Yeah, um, I think this was probably my least favorite in terms of presentation. He really didn't have good posture. He was hunched forward. And I think one thing that's important to remember is even if you have spinal issues or something, you can always kind of like perk it up for video and make an effort, you know, like even if like a hunchback or a dwarf person was looking into the thing, it will still come across nice. No, that's actually a politically correct word. You're not supposed to say midget, but you can say dwarf fairly. It changes, but you know. Okay, and then also, um, I totally agree <laughs> with Daniel, I wrote down two things, one, um, he started his whole thing with A, uh, it's not great to use fillers, but it especially can be um, negative at the beginning, and I agree um, with Daniel, he was so monotone, so starting with A uh, and then keeping that same tone, it didn't do it any favor, so he said, uh, three years ago, I traveled to Turkey with my friends, and it was so monotone, and he began with the filler. And then, yeah, it really stood out to me, um, same as what Daniel said. He said, when we want to come back instead of when we wanted to come back. Um, I see a lot of people with English or Pakistani language origins using that mistake. Like, my dad's from India, but he grew up kind of English-speaking, and then he came to Canada and took English university here but in Toronto. There's a lot of English and Chinese immigrants, like the city I'm from, and yeah, you hear that that misuse um, a lot. So yeah, and I just thought overall it was very drab. I don't think there was any eye contact, and I wouldn't have even wanted to be the interviewer. Like he didn't. Andre has a great sense of connecting with people on video, and I don't think he uh, had that personally.
1: Yeah. Any questions? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I have a question. Yeah. So um, I guess that uh, this student has a very common fossilized error, as uh, he doesn't uh, use uh, past simple. Uh, I mean, the, uh, he's, he's, he doesn't change the forms of verbs and past simple. So, and, uh, if it is his real fossilized error, his fossilized mistake, how would you guys try to fix it?
2: I would start by addressing his confidence because I think if you start with criticism, it can really harm people. For example, when I was trying to learn horse riding, I had all these visions of like being in the Olympics, which I still have. Um, but I still want to keep teaching English so I would love to do that too, but, um, Yeah, it was so hard because there was so much criticism right off the bat when i started to take it really seriously and study with more advanced coaches and i really wish that they would have been more encouraging so i think first i would work on his confidence Um, i find when my students just try and be more confident speak into the um, into the microphone, make eye contact, keep going, use variants and all those things are very teachable within an hour, you know, they can sound 90% better. And then other than that, I think rather than just situation for specific practice, like this exact sentence, I would try and get him more comfortable with conjugating verbs because I don't think he's that comfortable there.
3: So I agree with Eda, um, he could use on his his presentation in terms of posture and presenting skills. But um, I would focus, if I was talking to him, I'd focus on all the positives, obviously, that um, he he did a, did a great job where he said, I lost my passport. He said that perfectly, correctly. Uh, his pronunciation is pretty good considering. And I would teach him the rule uh, when you put like the, uh, those verbs with all the T or a D at the end, um, uh, you, you must pronounce the ed. Like I'd be teaching him that rule, all the verbs in English, 90% of them in the past, you just said that, just imagine there's a T at the end, like cook, cooked, uh, work, worked, it's always 90% of the time, there's exceptions, all the verbs with a D or a T, you can remember Donald Trump, our favorite politician, DT, all the verbs with D or T at the end, you just pronounce Ed, so you can teach him one remember, start, started. Uh, and and that as so all the d or t just remember that rule but otherwise your english is awesome i i, I would tell him pronunciation is good try to avoid two prepositions at the same time uh, maybe you could just have a pause remember you can pause the power of the pause it doesn't matter to be silent you don't have to fill the gaps with words so you can say by with just try to remember it's okay to have, be silent
0: and have that awkward
3: silence. (laughs)
0: Um, So so that's what I would say to him. Excellent, excellent. Well done, both challengers. And now our judges will give their comments and award points. Okay, before the judges award points and make a final decision about who to crown the champion of this battle, I need to remind everyone watching that the judges chose the questions, the topics, and the videos. They've had more time to think about the questions than the challengers in the battle, and they don't have to defend their answers or face a competitor. And our judges are simply providing their professional feedback. And even though they're judges, they may not always be right. So always make your own decision about what is correct or incorrect. But more importantly, always be yourself. No matter what language you speak, our challengers are the real heroes of this battle, and we should start by applauding them for their valiant performance. Kirill, how do you think round one went?
1: Yeah, it was it was great actually. It was great. There were a lot of like a lot of interesting opinions, a lot of interesting uh, mistakes that they uh, found out. Uh, even something that we didn't <laughs> didn't yeah. find out, something that we didn't mention. So yeah, it was good. Uh, so yeah, the, the, I guess we can start with the uh, first video clip. As for the round one, yeah, so it it was it definitely was the pre pre written speech, and that's why there were no any uh, grammatical mistakes. Uh, the vocabulary was right, everything was cool. Yeah, but the problems were in uh, pronunciation. The pronunciation was a bit. It's, so to say a little bit off yeah <laughs> yes. in the first video clip right yeah 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 and i guess both of the contenders they found a lot of uh, mistakes but they didn't point i mean uh, they uh, i mean anna she didn't point out any specific mistakes mm, and but uh, at the same time uh, daniel did it so yeah. i guess uh, daniel was ahead in this in this clip
0: yeah, I, I have to agree with that because he pointed out a specific mistake. Um, and he was trying to talk about, you know, pronunciation of proudly. I thought that that was good. Um, and I, I was surprised that they didn't pick up on any of the other ones or they didn't mention them. like his pronunciation of the word bid. He kept saying like bit. Mm-hmm. And to me, that really stuck out. Um And I think that there was actually a grammatical mistake and um, either Daniel or I think Daniel touched on it, but he didn't understand what he said. So he Mm -hmm. said it was something else. But at one point he said something like, has a full backing by the Russian government. Mm -hmm. And at least it sounded like that to me. It sounded like, uh, not the, Mm -hmm. And, and so that stuck out to me too.
1: Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, okay, okay. So the uh, second
0: video clip was, you know, like an influencer or a guy in his car, right? And um, I thought that they both answered very well. I, I really had nothing else to add from what they said.
1: Yeah, same here, same here. Yeah, just, it's just, yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's But it's
0: also sweet. there was, uh, you know, there was a mistake At the beginning and they both pointed that out right Mm -hmm. The verb explain i thought that the response from daniel to this video clip was better because it was more succinct it was like this was the mistake sure there's some kind of pronunciation stuff going on too but overall he's pretty fluent i thought that that was a really good response whereas i thought anna added in a lot of extra stuff that you know it wasn't necessary for someone to kind of understand what was wrong in this clip you know
1: Mm-hmm, yeah so yeah and uh, I guess we can uh talk a little bit about the question number three and there was an educational video by a teacher and she was presenting uh the topic of double negation and uh, Daniel said that it was wrong which I'm not I don't I don't really agree with because it's uh it's uh in this context it was just the presentation. Uh, she was given some examples, so it wasn't really a mistake and uh, uh, obviously it's not the like the the correct English, so to say, but it's uh, street English and it's also part of the language. And if we look at the descriptive linguistic, uh, we can accept that as as the uh, correct uh, part of the language and uh, even native speakers, if they feel, in my opinion, non-native speakers, sorry, uh, if they feel that this is right in this context, they may use it. I wouldn't be so strict about this rule and say that this is not correctly, completely not correct.
0: Uh-huh. Well, if I'm not mistaken, Anna also said that it wasn't correct, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, she yeah. really right. didn't like the style of the video. Like she just mm-hmm. really didn't like this video. Um, And yeah, I was surprised by this too, because I thought that the teacher in the video did a really good job. I thought that she nailed it. She, she, at the beginning of the video, she said that it's not right to use double Mm -hmm. negation. And then after that, she said in the specific accent that she's teaching, it would be correct to use double negation. And then she even gave an example and she like changed her voice and her pronunciation to give an example that we could hear of this accent. Right. Mm -hmm. I thought that was so cool that she did that. And then she went on to explain that when she, when speaking with that accent, it would be wrong to say it the standard way. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so maybe that's what was confusing to me. That was really cool, but now I see, like, maybe if other people got confused by it, maybe that was a little confusing in the way it was presented. Um, but yeah, yeah I maybe won't we should say have given the,
1: the whole video to to, or just maybe the first part of the video. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Maybe maybe it was our fault <laughs> here we <go. laughs> well,
0: i I think that the teacher in the video was right, and I think that the challengers didn't really point that out. They mm-hmm. said that she was wrong. But I think that Daniel, in his response, actually said, there's a difference between these different types of English and like that would be okay. I think he characterized it as street English or something like that. Mm -hmm. So he at least said like, this is acceptable. And, and so I felt like he, he was less wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If we're saying who's right and wrong. I mean, Mm -hmm. I would, I would have to say that Daniel gave a slightly better response.
1: Uh, Yeah, I guess so. But uh, yeah, I, I still think that uh, they shouldn't be, like wiener here it's just draw (laughs) (laughs) okay it's a tie so
0: the fourth video clip
1: this one was very similar
0: to the to the previous one where Mm -hmm. instead but instead of the teacher teaching about an accent and how they use english differently it was Mm -hmm. an actual speaker who was just speaking so again i kind of felt like they both could have answered a lot better because Mm -hmm. like they were just comparing it straight up to standard english and Mm we could have gone into, okay, if this is a dialect or an accent or something special, a variation of English, then, you know, what are the rules of that? And how does that work? And we could have talked more about that. So like, mm-hmm. I would have liked to see something more like that. Um, I think Anna demonstrated more technical skills because she went through point by point in the video and basically said, this isn't correct by standard English, this isn't correct by standard English.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But her approach of like, slang means it's not correct i don't think that that was completely on point but but i felt like she really demonstrated that she can break down the mistakes but yeah i think they both could have given a lot better of an answer here what about you
1: yeah i agree i think uh, the small note you know the small little note that there is a standard english and uh, there is other ways of uh, saying different things uh, and uh, in terms of, like, I- in terms of standard English, it is wrong, but it's still not wrong in the whole picture of uh, all uh, English speakers, right? And uh, right. all natives, because English is different in any part of the world. Uh, so yeah, I don't think that um, I don't think that uh, the slang that they uh, count as a mistake it should be counted as a mistake it's supposed to count it as a mistake because yeah ain't got it's it's used everywhere and i don't think only mm, uh, uh, only I, I mean i think everyone uses that like everyone yeah in, it's even in, in like
0: context. like english textbooks for people who are learning english they have songs that include like i ain't got no something yeah exactly exactly <laughs> exactly exactly
1: yeah i don't know about the student books by the way but i guess there are some rules uh, there are some, you know, like, no that, or uh, just uh, just in case, you have to know that some people use you know, this as a uh, replacement for have or for don't. So, yeah, I guess I guess there is this one. I guess there is that rule in some textbooks. So, yeah, I don't think they're supposed to be, uh, it's supposed to be counted as mistake. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, uh, I agree with you that Anna represented uh, it more correctly, I would say. Yeah, because she was given the, uh, she was, yeah, she was trying to show that there are different ways of pronouncing that. Um, I mean, different ways of saying that. So yeah, I guess. Oh, I think I
0: guess- this one really highlights like the difference in how you and I are approaching the judging. Mm-hmm. Because for me, it's like if they gave a prescriptive answer, like mm-hmm. this is not correct or this is correct, mm-hmm. that, that like that holds a lot of value to me, I think. Because mm-hmm. if someone comes to you as a student, they're just like, this is not correct. Uh, I feel like, you know, you're trying to turn the switches in your brain. You're like, oh, okay, I won't say that anymore. <laughs> so it can kind of be misleading. And that's why, like, in this case, I would, if I had to choose one person here, even though Anna demonstrated technical skills in correcting the mistakes, mm-hmm. I feel like Daniel, Daniel's response was, Closer to the truth of, mm. hey, people speak like this. Hey, this is this kind of slang thing, and and uh, this is this kind of accent or, or variation of English. And so, like, yeah, by the standard, it wouldn't be correct to say this or this. But in that aspect, I felt like he was stronger here too. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, video clip number five. Mm-hmm. This was a teacher of Chinese speaking uh-huh. English and teaching Chinese, right?
1: Yeah, both of them. They noticed the pronunciation mistake, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and uh, uh, firstly, I was thinking about other mistake that uh, why we chose this clip. I was thinking about uh, totally gibberish. The part was totally gibberish. I mean, they didn't uh, see this pro- didn't see this mistake. And you told me that this is actually not a mistake uh, in general. So I guess uh, yeah. I guess the only problem here is uh, pronunciation, uh, which they uh, both found as far as I remember. They uh, found out this mistake. They point out at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: yeah. I was, I was surprised uh, n- they didn't pick up on another mistake, how she pronounced the word um, nuclear.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Instead, she said something like nuclear
1: uh-huh.
0: and stressed the second syllable. That was something that I picked up on. but. Again, it's like if you're, we had more time to review
1: it, so. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. But it's not, uh, you know, sometimes when you hear the accent, I wouldn't say that she has a very thick accent, but uh, when you hear an accent, you're just getting used to the things that you hear, and you don't even point out the mistakes, pronunciation mistakes, right? Because it's just, you know, you know that there is something unusual, uh, but you you don't know what, or you don't just, you know, you don't have time to uh, to check it out or to point it out. So, yeah. Definitely. So what do you think about the last one? The last one. The last one was the most interesting, I guess, because it was the, uh, the not teaching video, but it was the uh, English uh, learner and uh, he was at very low level. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, he had, plenty of mistakes, plenty of them in pronunciation, in uh, grammar, Um, so yeah, and uh, both of them, they found uh, the obvious mistake, like uh, misuse of uh, a past simple, and uh, they found some pronunciation errors. Um, Yeah. Yeah I would
0: like to see them be more specific about the pronunciation errors and be more specific about the examples mm-hmm. like at the beginning of the video he's pronouncing th as t t and mm-hmm. uh, his w sound like v v
1: mm-hmm.
0: and yeah and then and then the thing that caught my attention cuz I'm not I don't know the background of this person who's speaking right I don't know anything about them from that clip um I know that he was talking about going to Turkey, but I noticed that when he was saying I, the pronoun I, at the end of the clip, that it had this like special sound that usually Arabic speakers Uh, make when they're speaking English. And it was like,
1: oy. Yeah, he makes some sounds, I would say soft, a little bit. Yeah, basically he had a lot of mistakes, and uh, that is absolutely fine. I'm not like judging him for mistakes because he's uh, a
0: yeah.
1: Uh, yeah he's just beginner. And he's putting
0: himself out there. He's on this video, trying mm-hmm. like showing other people. So like and
1: doing a great job actually. Right, right. The,
0: the, the it's really cool that this video was there for us to use.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, um, actually, yeah, I uh, gave some follow-up question about his fossilized errors, but actually I didn't uh, hear any uh, exact answers about yeah. like uh, how they can like make it in the classroom, what can they do, what exercises, what tasks uh, they can do to improve their fossilized errors. I heard that Anna said about the post- posture, posture, and uh, Daniel said something about... Gaining the confidence uh, uh, of, yeah. of, of of the student, but I wanted to hear something you know more uh, practical. Um, but that's yeah, I guess that's that's not a problem. Okay, let's count the points for
0: round one. okay, I've decided to award Daniel three points and Anna two points because. I feel like Daniel's answers were more succinct. They're more to the point. Um, I feel like he really shined in his explanations more, while Anna was really strong technically. Like there were some specific points that she could that she could show and explain, and that was really cool too to see both of them. But this round I have to give to Daniel, but it was close. So three and two
1: that's very uh, interesting because i have uh, the opposite situation i have to give <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i have to give 2 points to daniel and 3 points to anna uh, because some answer- answers uh, were um, like more close to me closer to me uh, and uh, i think that she was more precise and uh, not mm, I would say, not that adamant in some, in some questions. And uh, I think that her answers were uh, more close to the truth and they weren't that one side. But it's just what I think. That's my point. They weren't yeah. one-sided? Yeah, one-sided. They weren't one-sided. Uh-huh.
0: Gotcha. Uh, people are going to think that we colluded, that we, that we agreed to do this so that it would be a tie or something. But really, I promise everybody, we, <laughs> didn't, we didn't talk about this before.
1: Or maybe not. No one else. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Write more comments down below, too, and then we see.
0: <laughs> OK, that's round one. Stay tuned for round two. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel so you don't miss the next round and our future battles. Click subscribe now. Grammar Gauntlet. Are you ready to start round two? In this round, we'll ask you questions about the English language. You'll have 10 seconds to think about your answer and give your response. Remember, this round is focused on accuracy and correctness. Try to use rule-based explanations.
1: It's not what you say, but what you do, that matters.
2: Okay, so the person made a a mistake in the abbreviation Um, in between the T and the S, it should be it is shortened um, to its, so you need that apostrophe. Um, otherwise, you get a possessive, such as the dog lost its bone.
0: Awesome. Anything to add, Daniel? Yeah, I agree with
3: Anna that uh, it's missing. That there's a contraction at the beginning between T and S. Should be the apostrophe there. And then um, it's not what you say, but it's what you do. You you, you could repeat as well um, the pronoun there, but it's what you do. Um, that matters. So you, I think, as an option, you could have that again in there. But what you do, that's what matters. Um, you could add that word as well, if you wanted to. Um, that's what. But what you do, that's that's what matters. You could have the apostrophe s yes as well, as an option.
1: Okay.
3: Just a comment okay. again.
1: Thank you very much. Okay, the second one. Let's try and get some sleep.
3: Here, I think there should be no apostrophe S. It should be let's without the apostrophe S. Let's try and get some sleep. That's the only mistake I can see.
0: Okay. Anna, you have
3: anything?
2: Uh, Yeah. Uh, I might be messing it up, but I would leave the apostrophe. I think it's a contraction for let us get so I think it's replacing the you and us. and maybe instead of and too, let's try to get some sleep to keep it in and um, you know an active verb and a present tense, not two things added together to keep it a correct flow.
0: That was very succinct. <laughs> okay, thank you very much.
1: All right, let's go to the next one. Okay, let's go to the next one. I wish I was taller, so I could play basketball professionally.
2: I think maybe I wish I were taller, so I could play basketball uh, professionally.
0: Final answer?
2: Oh, yes, that's my
0: final answer. Okay. Mm-hmm.
3: okay. Daniel? To me, it looks okay. I wish I was taller, so I could play basketball professionally. Gosh, it's a, I'm just thinking if it's were or was. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to remember here.
2: It's hard say, because whatever is the mistake gets used so much and then it eventually becomes the normal English, right? So, so. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can I have a shot here? Um, I'm going to say it's incorrect. I'm going with I wish I were taller. Yeah, I think it's the correct version. But we often hear... At
2: least sorry? if we go down, we're going down together.
3: So you agree with Anna? Yeah, exactly. yeah, I go with Anna. I agree. I, the correct way, I wish I were taller is the correct way. But a lot of people say it like this.
1: Okay. okay. So the next one. He should have went home before the party.
2: I don't think there's any errors like i don't want to correct something if i don't think it has an error even if some dictionary is saying it is and for me i think this is correct english that this should be seen as correct english so yeah like probably in some dictionary it says he should have gone home but i don't think we do ourselves any favors when we correct stuff that is fine so i'm gonna say it's it's fine but probably some dictionary says he should have
0: gone okay
3: Definitely incorrect. He should have gone home before the party is the correct form. Went is incorrect. Um, bad English. Like Anna said, do people do say it, but very bad English. The reason I know, thanks to my mom and dad, they always corrected me. <laughs> my father would say, What did you say? What did you say? And he would correct me on this. I'm gonna think keep this recording, Chris, so I can show my father. He'll be very proud.
0: <laughs> you bet it's gonna be posted everywhere. So
1: what's the next one? He and she are both doctors.
2: I think it should say they are both doctors. That would be more correct. Final answer? Yeah, okay. that's my final answer.
1: Okay, thank you very much. Daniel?
3: Yeah, I totally agree with Anna. They are both doctors is the correct form. I would correct someone if they said this. If they said he and she, I'd say, why do you say they? Yeah.
0: Okay, so you would both say that this is a mistake.
2: Yeah, I think it's a mistake, just like Daniel. I think we both
3: saying it's a mistake. No, I wouldn't say it's incorrect, because you're specifying that the, the doctors are male and female, and you might need to know that. So it's not incorrect, it's correct. But there's two ways to say it. It's, it sounds a bit strange. You you hear much more often, they. But in this, this context, you might need to know that it's a male or female. So it's correct.
1: Are you
0: sure? So you don't agree here. <laughs> Anna, you don't agree here?
2: Ah, uh, yeah. I guess we do not agree. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I think that is, uh, in my opinion, it's incorrect, and it should be they. Uh,
0: okay, I have a follow up. Then, would it be correct to say him and her are both doctors?
2: I think that's even less correct.
3: It's correct to say that as well. Uh, him and her are both doctors. If they if if you're there in their presence, you say him and her. Uh, then now I'm now I'm questioning myself. My final answer is it's correct. Him and her is correct and he and she is correct.
1: Anna, you said him and her is not correct, right? Can you explain in terms of grammar, in terms of grammar? Yeah, sure.
2: So, for example, if you said him and her are both not um, doctors, you're not referring to the principal um, directly. Um, So him and her is good in a possessive sense, for example. Um, So she lost her bag or it was his fault. But if you're just referring to the principal, like he has a blue coat, he is a doctor, you should use he uh, instead of his, and she instead of her, and so forth. It might be a bit different with the they, them pronouns, but I have heard you just keep them all the same, always they and them, so yeah.
1: Okay, thank you very much. Let's get to the next one. The key to the cabinets were missing.
3: Okay, I can see that it shouldn't be in the past tense the key to the cabinets are missing I'd be thinking straight up but now when I think about it they were missing it could be a past tense action which now they've found them so it could be correct the key to the cabinets were missing Um, you could use it in the simple and the past are both correct now on second thought okay so Anna you go
2: yeah I think there's a problem with uh, singular versus plural English um, here so the key to the cabinets were missing is totally incorrect it should be the key to the cabinets was missing or the keys to the cab pardon me the key to the cabinet was missing or the keys to the cabinets were missing so what would be correct is it's referencing multiple cabinets is it the same key that opens multiple cabinets if so then it should be the key to the cabinets was missing but if you need two or more keys to access the cabinets that are referenced, then it should be the keys to the cabinets we are missing.
1: Okay, cool. Wow, I would, I would even say. Okay, thank you very much. Sarah is cooking a yogurt in the kitchen.
2: I don't see any mistakes other than I don't know if you can cook yogurt. Like if cooking means you're like applying heat to it. At least maybe my cooking skills aren't up to it. But other than that, I don't see any mistake. Daniel?
3: Um, definitely a big mistake with the, um, with the, ah, uh, yogurt, you've got to take that out. Sarah is cooking yogurt would be correct. You wouldn't say, ah, uh, yogurt. And obviously, like Anna said, you never cook yogurt as, as well. It doesn't make sense. Uh, unless you're a strange person that's likes cooking yogurt, <laughs> but, but, um, ah, oh I'm trying to, it's, it's on the tip of my tongue. I'm trying to get the word for, uh, the article, the article. That she shouldn't be there. Sarah is cooking yogurt. If you cook yogurt and it's normal, it shouldn't have the article there. Ah. Because yogurt is uncountable.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you
1: are treating yogurt as an uncountable noun. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So no more further comments from both contenders. Okay, that's good. So the next one. Did you eat already?
3: It's very common, this question, but the correct form in the grammar book would say, did you already eat? Is the correct order of this phrase? Yeah, so so, so it's incorrect, but you can hear this everywhere, but just the already needs to be changing the position. Did you eat? Uh, Did you already eat? Is the correct order.
0: Okay, Mm
3: -hmm. final answer. Final answer.
2: Yeah, I agree with Daniel that you see this everywhere. Did you eat already? You also see, did you eat yet? I think the correct would be um, have you eaten because that puts the verb eat in the past tense and we're referring to a past tense of whether someone ate or not. So I think it should be, have you eaten?
0: Have you eaten already? So you would put already at the end still.
2: Oh yeah, definitely, sorry. I was just saying the errors in the the verb uh, conjugation tense, but yeah, have you eaten already?
0: Daniel, any response to that? Yeah, I
3: think um, it's definitely the incorrect order have you already eaten is the correct way using the present perfect. I totally agree. The correct way is to use the present perfect. Have you already eaten is the correct. Already at the end, have you eaten already is incorrect. Even though a lot of people say that the already should be, have you already eaten is the correct way.
0: Any further rebuttal
1: by Anna the Avenger? (laughs) No, okay. Okay, cool. Thank you very much. The next one. My cat stole my dog's
2: toy. It's missing the apostrophe. It should, dogs is plural, but it wouldn't even be accurate if it was referring to plural here. It's incorrect. So it's, I'd say, my cat stole my dog, apostrophe S, toy.
3: I agree with, I agree with Anna. Um, it's possessive, the toy of the dog. So it should be dog's toy with apostrophe because the possessive, yeah. My cat stole my dog's toy. That's what, yeah, just missing the apostrophe s, show the possession.
0: Okay, so just to be clear, you're saying the same that Anna said, that it should be apostrophe s? Mm, yes. Cool. That's it. Yep. All right. Okay. It, Anna, it
2: would be okay to take it plural, but then you would need, my cat stole the toy of the dogs.
0: The toy of the dogs.
2: Like if it's a singular toy belonging to multiple dogs, but yes, I think they're probably go- more going for a singular dog, just going by it, so it should say my cat stole my dog apostrophe as toy. But if it is referring to a singular toy belonging to multiple dogs, you could say my cat stole the toy of the dogs with no apostrophe, and that would be correct.
0: Okay, that's an interesting addition. Daniel, do you have, what's your take on that?
3: Yeah, it's a common mistake. to say the, the toy possession. I always say the toy um, of the dog. It's a common mistake of my students. They say this instead of saying dog's toy with, the, with the apostrophe. That's my take on that.
0: So you think the alternative variation that she presented is not correct?
3: It's not correct. Yeah, the alternative, what she said.
0: All
1: right. Okay. So the last one. I can't hardly wait for my vacation to start.
2: I think it should be, I can hardly wait for my vacation to start. Um, I don't think it's correct, is this?
0: So again, what's the correction?
2: I can hardly wait for my vacation to start. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. Daniel? I'm I'm analyzing
3: it here and I can't, I'm having trouble finding. it. Or else I
2: cannot wait for it to start. But if you want to just simple, I can hardly wait for my vacation to start or I cannot wait. Like the easiest change I would make to make it a correct sentence would be I can hardly wait for my vacation to start. So I lose the apostrophe and the T that turns it into the abbreviated uh, negative, but, uh, or the conjunction in negative. But you could also go with i cannot hardly wait
3: for my vacation to start yeah second glance and second thought now i see so the correct way way would be i can hardly wait uh, for my vacation to start is the correct form even though we hear it so it's confusing i can't hardly wait it's a bit of a brain twist this one I thought originally looking at it, it looked correct. But then when Anna was talking about it, I realized, okay, it should be, I can hardly wait. But then it sounds wrong. So I'm confused, to be honest with you. I can hardly wait sounds really natural and very common. So what's my final answer? You're all thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go with, I can hardly wait, which is my second thought, which which doesn't seem right naturally. but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with, I can hardly wait for my vacation.
0: Okay. Anna also added in, I cannot hardly wait. Would you accept that?
3: For me, that's incorrect because you're putting two negatives there. You cannot hardly wait. So I'd say that's incorrect. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and start saying it's incorrect. Sorry, Anna.
0: All right. Well, that's all of the questions. And that's the end of round two. Now our judges will give their comments and award points.
1: How do you think round two went? It went great, actually. Yeah, Uh, some mistakes were pretty obvious and uh, um, our contestants they found, uh, they pointed out on these mistakes and that was pretty good. Yeah, um, all questions uh, were pretty rich. I would say, yeah, it was very, there were a lot of information and uh, sometimes they even uh, trying to prove their point in terms of grammar that was also fine and also I found some things very funny because um uh, <laughs> in some ways in some mistakes they didn't uh, they didn't point out some mistakes that they kind of supposed to because they're native speakers and uh, <laughs> the way that these mistakes are so embedded in the language right now uh so th- th- that makes it like even funnier uh, to look yeah. at that and uh, uh yeah I'm glad
0: you picked up on that because that was me too. I really enjoyed this round and I thought um, it was really cool to kind of uncover what different people think about the same topic. And you, we were really pushing the buttons of like, is this right or not? <laughs> it sounds right, but, but it's probably not right. And the first question or the first sentence that they needed to analyze or correct was, it's not what you say, but what you do that matters.
1: Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, Anna was uh, right there, so she found out the mistake, and it was right, mm-hmm. and it was very clear. And I can't, I can't add anything there. So it, yeah, just, I also thought her try.
0: answer was short, clear, and precise, mm-hmm. and I really liked how she answered. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel's answer, I, I thought that it was a little confusing because he started including different variations of the sentence. I don't think that it really helped someone who was trying to learn or understand what the mistake was. I don't I don't think it really helped. So maybe that was just answering second and he thought he needed to add something on, mm-hmm. but uh, it came across to me as Anna had a very clear answer and he didn't have one. Or he, mm-hmm. ha- he had an answer but it wasn't as clear, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, he he was trying, he was trying to give as much uh, variations as possible, but that's not really correct in the sentence, right? So it's it's also useful, but I don't think that, uh, yeah, I don't think it's useful here. So
0: question number two was, let's try and get some sleep.
1: Yeah, and uh, again, Anna just, you know, nailed it.
0: <laughs> That's what I wrote too.
1: So I was like, Anna nailed it, yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Um, yeah. Daniel gave an incorrect response. And so this one was just completely Anna. Uh, okay. Question three was: I wish I was taller
1: so I could play basketball professionally. So this was the funniest one, I guess. The funniest <laughs> one, uh, especially when we were talking about. It was uh, even more funny for me because in the first round we were talking about uh, correctness of uh, of ain't uh, ain't God. You know huh. all these uh, slang words and uh, you know the uh, double negation. And I think this is this uh, mistakes or so say examples, they are on the same page because I wish I was. There is something that people don't use. They use it. Right. But uh, more often and often people don't use it. The same (laughs) with double negation. People just, you know, people change it. I mean, uh, the rules are different here. And sometimes natives use this uh, sentence and this, this, this particular grammar. So, yeah. And it was very funny when he was very adamant about that it is wrong. And here, here he was struggling with the same mistake, and uh, I mean, which is yeah. in the same field. So this was pretty funny for me. It was funny that he was adamant that uh, the, the double negation is wrong, like completely wrong. Uh-huh. Uh, he was adamant about that. But here he was like, I don't know if it's wrong or it's not wrong. So it was kind of funny. But no, yeah, basically he said that uh, there are some cases when it's right and some are cases when it's wrong. Uh, that's. Uh, what he said and yeah uh, and what i remember was that they both agreed
0: that sometimes people say this but it's Mm -hmm. not correct they Mm -hmm. both agreed on that point and then anna just gave a correct response with like no extra stuff no fluff and daniel kind of struggled to get there so i have to give this one to anna
1: again too okay he should have went home before the party uh that was also very very interesting because as a non-native I always force myself to use participle two in this kind of sentences. So I always force myself and I look after myself uh, to use uh, this structure. And here in this case, they were like, uh, yeah, it, it seems to be right. I guess this is right. So at first they both struggled. But as far as I remember, then they found the mistake. That was interesting, right? Yeah, I just, yeah, I forgot. I guess Daniel found the mistake, right? First. I think so. Yeah. So. If I
0: remember correctly, Anna started by saying that it's okay to say this Mm -hmm. and it's a mistake. Daniel starts strong and says it's a mistake. He gives the correct answer.
1: Mm -hmm. And then
0: he gave like a personal story or an anecdote. And I thought that was really cool, too, because it makes it easier for the students to it makes them more memorable, right? Sure,
1: yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, this one goes to Daniel for sure. Yeah. Okay. and the next one was he and she are both doctors. Uh, uh, this I mean... one was to me this was the most entertaining <laughs> one <laughs> <laughs> can you share your
0: experience why do you think so uh because for everybody who watched that i would say that it's correct already he and she are both doctors two mm-hmm. subject pronouns they immediately said that you should use they instead so i can understand how they got there okay probably in more situations you would say they than he and she right mm-hmm. uh but I wouldn't say that it's a mistake. Absolutely not. So at the beginning, they both said that it was uh, OK, right?
1: Uh, they, 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 Yeah, they were, They said that this is not correct. Uh, Daniel said that they have to use they instead. But then he said that if you need to specify to identify that it was male and female, you have to use he and she. And then they said that uh, this is uh, correct in some, uh, in some cases. And then we asked the, the follow-up question about him and her. Right And that's where Daniel gives the incorrect response saying that him and her is okay. Anna corrected that and said that this is not correct and she uh, proved her point with the theoretical uh, basis. so yeah,
0: right right. And right So like I don't even know how to judge that one, you know
1: in this case, I think the follow-up question uh, this is just you know the we shouldn't value it in any like evaluate uh, this answer. Okay. Uh, but the first one was uh, up to Anna, right? I would give this one to Daniel if we we're not considering the follow-up. I, I really
0: can't give this to either of them, I think, uh-huh. because they both did something correct and they both did something incorrect. Yeah. That's kind of the way I look at yeah, it. Yeah, let's
1: put it this way. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. If we if we count the follow-up, so let's just uh, make it tie again.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, let's see. Question number six was
1: the key to the cabinets
0: were missing.
1: That was fun, yeah, because Daniel also said that this is correct, and he was adamant there.
2: (laughs)
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. And then Anna
0: nailed it. Yeah. My favorite part was like, she just nailed it, and then smiled real big at the camera, and then (laughs) she was done. It was like, I got it, smile for the camera. So I thought it was really cool. I definitely have to give give this one to Anna.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah the the funny thing that I usually practice this with my students uh, this mistake uh-huh. and yeah that was uh, that's that interesting you know and i always encourage them that that's fine it's fine that you don't know that that's fine that you that's uh, uh, that sometimes you uh, uh, sometimes you make mistakes because yeah it's pretty complicated and now i have a basis i have a proof that not only <laughs> non natives <laughs> make mistakes here so yeah <laughs> sarah is cooking a yogurt in the kitchen and they both talk that you can't cook a yogurt <laughs> right right which is
0: important because like mm-hmm. you know I, I made that question and I was really hoping that someone would say that uh, mm-hmm. because it's not always about a mistake with spelling or, yeah. or grammar or something sometimes it's just a mistake with choosing the wrong word mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah and then uh, as far as I remember Daniel said something about article that it's not right here so cooking yogurt. Uh, but as far as I know, uh, you can say cooking a yogurt if you mean just one one thing, right? One one piece of yogurt.
0: Yeah, I think, yeah, 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 you're right. So Daniel said that yogurt should be uncountable.
1: Yeah, and that's
0: right. And so I would disagree with that. Like, mm-hmm. that's the point where I had to give this one to Anna, uh-huh. but he said that because to me, if you say a oh, yogurt, it just means that it's yogurt in a container. Right. And usually you talk about yogurt in a container. Like if we're just talking about yogurt in general in the world, it's uncountable. I agree. Right. But I think like it's the same as water, right? You yeah. go to a restaurant and you can ask for a water mm-hmm. and they're gonna bring you a bottle, a cup, a glass, mm-hmm. and you're talking about the container by by making it countable. And I think it happens all right. the time. So I so I don't think it's right to just blanket Mm -hmm. say that yogurt's uncountable.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I recently read the article about beer the same way, like how beer Mm -hmm. uh, became countable. Uh, Beer, generally, it's uncountable. But when you go to the bar, you can say, give me two beers. Yeah, or just
0: a beer. Just give me Mm -hmm. a beer. I want a beer. Mm
1: -hmm. We say
0: that all the time.
1: Yeah. So the next one, Uh, hey, did you eat already? I remember that uh, Anna uh, told that the tense is wrong here. Like, you need to use have you eaten already uh, instead. Uh, right. But again, as far as I know, as far as I heard, uh, according to the rules, yeah, sure. When you use already, you need to use present perfect. But again, in the normal conversation, in the usual conversation, uh, people use both of them. They are like interchangeable. Not words, the, 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 the tenses in this case. Did ah. you eat already? Have you eaten already? True.
0: I would say that in conversational English, yeah. Uh, To me, present perfect is more correct. Mm. I think that the first response Daniel gave was just incorrect. And Anna came in and said, okay, what about present perfect? Then Daniel agreed with her, but then he also presented like an alternative word order. Oh, well, if it's present perfect, you have to put already over here. Right. And he kind of got confused there and gave another incorrect response, I felt. And so I have to give this one to Anna. And I was really... Not upset, but surprised that nobody changed the word already to yet.
2: Uh
0: Because in the question formation, like if you go by the textbooks, right? The question form you're supposed to have yet, not already. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I was looking for with that question.
1: Again, this is uh, uh, this is very prescriptive. If we look right. at the descriptive uh, way of using it, yeah, conversational English, they don't, uh, you know, separate. I mean, they don't uh, differ anymore. I mean, in some cases, there is a crucial uh, difference in usage of these words, but here it's not really important.
0: Oh yeah, yes. you know, I get confused sometimes when people use yet because mm-hmm. in some places that I've been, like in Pennsylvania, there are mm-hmm. people who are who use yet, like still,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and they'll be like, we're eating yet. (laughs) And to me, that's, that doesn't sound right. Uh And I would say we're still eating, we're eating still. And, uh, but yeah, yeah, I I agree that in these kinds of questions, like, did you eat already? People could say, did you eat yet? And it would, Mm -hmm. or have you eaten yet or have you eaten already? People would say all those things, but I think the most correct is, have you eaten yet?
1: Mm. Okay.
0: According to the rules, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But I have to give this so yeah, here we get so we we, we have to give the point to Anna because she was more correct here and she didn't give any wrong answers. Yeah. So the next one is my cat stole my dog's toy. Man, I was
0: disappointed on this one too. (laughs) (laughs) Why were we disappointed? The apostrophe. Like, why didn't anybody talk about putting the apostrophe after the S Mm. so that we keep the word dogs plural and we can keep possessive, you know, but like they solved it in their, in a different way. Um, that's, I expected them to go straight to that, you know?
1: Yeah. You know, it, it's very diverse here. We can use a lot of things. Uh, they said that they won't make uh, dog's uh, plural. I mean, dogs uh, with the apostrophe after, uh, because in this case, they have to uh, put s to the word toys. So yeah. because dogs toys, but, uh, it's not, it's 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 not necessary because uh, it can be one toy which is belong to to uh, to all dogs. Because, yeah, but yeah, yeah, that's kind of you know it depends on the context. But uh,
2: uh,
1: pretty much, uh, they answered the question. They uh, solved it differently, but anyway, they both were right as far as I remember.
0: You know, Anna also introduced the example of of the dog, mm-hmm. a toy of the dog, and. Daniel said that he felt that that wasn't right. For that reason, I'm going to have to give it to Daniel, this one.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. All right, okay.
0: question number 10 was, I can't hardly wait for my vacation to start.
1: Daniel said that he can't find the mistake. Yeah. But, but I don't remember if Anna found it.
0: Yeah, Anna started by giving a correct response. And uh-huh. she was just like, it should be can hardly wait. And she just ah, le- sure. left it at that from the beginning. So that was real strong. Daniel started by saying he couldn't find a mistake, but then uh, Anna also adds in that it's okay to say, I cannot hardly wait,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and says that that's okay. And Daniel says, you know, even though it's a common phrase, can't hardly wait, Mm -hmm. he says he doesn't think cannot hardly wait is right. He's kind of struggling to explain why. Mm -hmm. Overall, though, I feel like Anna saying that it's okay to say you cannot uh, hardly wait, Mm -hmm. like double negative there, that that was wrong. And so I have to give this one to Daniel.
1: Yeah, agree.
0: Okay, so let's count the points for round two. I've decided to award four points to Anna for this round because she just rocked it. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, really, it it was a tight battle on some questions but on others she just blew away the competition so i have to give four points to anna one point to daniel daniel had some good responses uh but anna just shined in this round
1: i agree that anna's answers were much better i like them very very much uh, and, yeah, they were more precise and they were more correct uh, to many points. And uh, I guess she was more confident in uh, terms of grammar, in terms of rules. And that's what uh, bought me. <laughs> yeah, I liked it very much. So I would like to give Anna three points and two points to Daniel, because uh, in some um, questions, he was also uh, very clear and he was confident in correcting some mistakes, Yeah, so I think that three points to Anna, two points to uh, Daniel for this round.
0: So that's round two. Stay tuned for round three. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel so you don't miss the next round and our future battles. Click subscribe now. The Lesson Showdown. Are you ready for round three? Here are the topics that you can choose from to make a video lesson about. Pronunciation of English articles, a, an, and the, business English, office vocabulary, compound nouns, how to stress English words, or gerund or infinitive, correct English grammar. Okay, Anna, you choose your topic first.
2: I'm a big pronunciation fan so I'll take uh pronunciation of the English articles a, a uh, and mm-hmm. if that's okay. It's the uh, one that
0: I, uh, I wanted, Anna.
2: Go. Oh, you can have it, Daniel. It's okay. It's okay. So I wanted it's that okay. one.
0: Why does I she don't get need the? Up? Up.
1: Why? Quiet, guys, <laughs> so, okay. quiet. Come on, those come those on. Things, Ladies first, remote. Daniel. All right. <laughs> oh, Ladies first, just this morning.
0: Okay. So that brings us to you, Daniel. Which topic do you choose? Okay. Since I can't get
3: pronunciation, because Anna already took that one, I will go for the second best choice, business, because I love business. I'm an entrepreneur, and um, I love doing business vocabulary, teaching that. So I'll do that, Chris. Thanks for uh, the business one.
0: Okay, cool. So it's business English, office vocabulary. Great. Now, remember, you have four hours to send us your video file. The video should be about 10 minutes long. It must be your own original work. You can use visual aids, but they must be created by you. No pre-prepared material. Points will be awarded for creativity, clarity, accuracy, and effectiveness in teaching the topic. Now let's see who can make the best
1: video. Good luck.
2: Hey everyone, I am Anna or Avenger Anna for this competition. And my video today is going to be on the English sounds A, A, and M. So I really hope this will be helpful. And I'm going to try to go in the stages I typically try and cover with my own students whenever possible, which is I like to start with something formal, which in this case will be telling you the correct pronunciation of the words. Then I'll try and give you some examples to help drive that home. I really believe in example based learning. And then I'll try and give you some real world applications. And I know a lot of you who watch these videos are very advanced. So I will try and give some special tips and tricks tricks and unique things that might sneak up on you. And then finally, but in my opinion, most importantly, I'll try and give you some dynamic homework so that you can continue to learn and progress and evolve from this video long after it's over. So if that stays good, please stay tuned. And thank you so much for watching. So let's start with a, 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 a. Some words that start with this are ailment, ale, such as a beer, and also eat, such as she ate a hot dog. I recommend starting phonetically, which is playing around with the sound. This is often the best thing to do in any type of learning from athleticism, like learning to swim, to successfully raising animals, I've had all kinds of animals such as mice and sheep before, and I find the same thing. If you start with the spirit of play, it's often best. So, for example, start with just making some sounds. a, 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 Eight, 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 eight. This is how children learn, and it really is the best way to get started. Another thing that can really help, which I learned from my company, Chris Americos, that I'm teaching for, is tongue twisters. I hadn't done these since I was young, maybe six, but I started doing them now as a teacher and teaching has uh, encouraged me to develop many things, but one of them has been to start doing tongue twisters again. So what a tongue twister is, is it is a set of words that will use the exact same sound over and over and over again, and you try and say it as many times and as fast as you can, typically until you get tripped up. So for example, She developed an ailment from too much ale, so she ate ginger. She developed an ailment from too much ale. She developed an ailment from too much ale, so she ate ginger. She developed an ailment from too much ale, etc. So try and say it um, as fast as you can. Then what I recommend is get a recording software. You can get this by just Googling online recorder and record yourself saying the tongue twister about 10 times until you're getting tripped up. So stop about 10 times that you get tripped up. Notice, are you getting tripped up on a particular phonetic, a particular sound? This will give you an indication of a phonetic you might need to fix. I think pronunciation is one of the most incredibly important things in language, but it often gets overlooked. For example, I uh, spent a lot of time in Toronto and Canada. I live in Brazil now, but I spent a lot of time there and we have the most immigrants of any city in the world. So it's great for the food scene, the art scene, pretty much everything. But one thing I noticed that was such a tragedy is it's almost as if pronunciation is like doing a video, but having the video totally off and the sound off. If you don't get it right, it doesn't matter how much preparation you put in. So for example, I would see people working English speaking jobs that they had got successfully such as at banks, et cetera. And they might've had the job 10 years, but for example, we have a lot of Chinese immigrants, which is great, and Indian immigrants, for example, my dad is from India, and they would still be mispronouncing of the exact same words. So for example, they would not pronounce the D and T sound correctly. Um, So they would say, you know, the dog is over air, or what is at, instead of what is that? And it's just such a tragedy, because if you can isolate what phonetic you're messing up, and a really good indicator might be knowing what language base you're coming from, what is a typical phonetic that gets messed up, then you can really hone in on that. For example, I'm taught that in learning Spanish, the Spanish rolling R like Ricardo or really can be very difficult. So find out what it is from your language or do a tongue twister that has every phonetic and notice where are you messing up another reason why this can be helpful is as humans we're so driven um, for positive praise and we really like to feel affirmed and validated in ourselves and from others so we might have a real tendency to only focus in on things that feel good to us so for example if we know how to say beer but not ale we might only say beer and this is a tragedy because it shortens our vocabulary and it's not giving us the practice we need So that's why really isolating what phonetics are difficult for you to pronounce can be really, really helpful. Language really does start with um, phonetics, and it's not effective without effective pronunciation. Now let's go to our second sound. Ah, ah, ah. This is such an important one to get right. It appears all over the English language, but very uh, frequently as an article such as the dog took a bath. She had a good day, so it's really important to get right. It also appears in nouns, verbs, everything. For example, there was an avalanche, which is a big crescendo of snow, or she ate an apple, or it's important to use adverbs correctly. Uh, I really recommend with this one, a lot of times people do understand how to use the article correctly, but they don't emphasize it enough. Native English speakers will emphasize the a, especially at the start of a sentence. For example, a dog walked across a beach, Um, whereas I find that many non-native speakers will just kind of slur it, be quiet with it, mispronounce it, as in just not say it loud enough, not emphasize it enough. So instead of saying a dog walked across a beach, they'll say dog walked across a beach or a dog walked across a beach. And it can really give away that they don't quite have full proficiency. And again, the real tragedy is they might, they just need to work on this. One thing you can do is, in the comfort of your own home, just go ahead and really emphasize a dog walked across a street. Just like someone who's coming from an English language base and has a hard time with ch sound might say the chicken masala, the chicken masala. Just really emphasize so that you're not saying the ikan masala or something in public. Also, I have a three-step phase that I think is really helpful that incorporates human psychology. Number one, practice alone in the comfort of your own home. So if, for example, you indicate that the ah sound is difficult for you, practice that at home. Number two, practice in a safe space like a Chris Americo's classroom. And number three, then and only then, once you're comfortable and you build positive association to using it, go ahead and practice it in a more higher stakes or higher stress situation, such as ordering food at a restaurant, which is time constrained, or something that has high stakes like an important presentation at work or a request for a job promotion. You don't want to be in the middle of something like that and be struggling to think of pronunciation. It's both going to distract you from what you want to focus on and it's going to be obvious to other people and can come across stumbly and having the wrong pronunciation can lead to others not taking you as seriously. Now let's do mm, mm, the mmm sound in English. This is used at the start of many English words including names. For example, the dog is mine. They made Mary at Christmas. He got lost in a mine. It's also the start of many English names such as Marjorie, McIntyre, Mary. By the way, beware the spelling of Mary. Mary, the name typically for a woman is M-A-R-Y. Whereas, merry or merriment at Christmas is M E R R Y. So, just be aware of that. Also, I really believe in teaching idioms, which are sayings in English, such as don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, and um, also colloquial or slang language and abbreviations, such as B R B, and also sounds, because you're going to come across them. And again, you don't want to be stumped on them. So, mm is also. A sound people will make when something sounds good in English or also what's called the filler word such as uh um or mm, is something people may say while they're waiting for something so I just wanted to let you guys know that uh, so you're never stumped when you hear it so your homework is to go through each phonetic in English including the three we covered today record yourself play it back and identify the three that could use the most work it never hurts the practice and practice them with the three-step formula I suggested. Number one, in the safety of your own home or bedroom. Number two, in a safe environment, such as with a trusted mentor, friend, or program such as Chris Americo's to practice speaking English. And number three, and only after you've done the first two in a more high-stress or high-stakes environment. I hope this has been helpful. Wish me luck in the competition. Bye for now. Much love, Anna.
3: Business vocabulary, guys. I'm going to go over today the 10 most important, most common business expressions that you need to know in the office. This is the vocabulary that you need to know. And guys, why do do we need to know these expressions? Because it will help you sound more natural and more like a native English speaker. When you use these expressions with your clients, with your colleagues, you're going to basically be able to build a better relationship and you'll be able to connect more easily with your colleagues and clients. They're gonna think, oh my God, this guy knows what he's talking about. He's intelligent, his English is excellent. So guys, here's the first four expressions for you, the vocabulary for business in the office. And guys, using these phrases is gonna take your English to the next level, and basically, this is what advanced and native English speakers use, and you're gonna sound more natural, yeah? So guys, before we begin, I just wanna let you know, if you stay till the end of this video, I'm gonna also give you a bonus, something that you're gonna love, okay? So guys, let's start with the first one. The first one is flat out, a phrasal verb. What do you think this means? Flat out. So, in English we say, Today I'm really flat out. Which means, I'm very busy. So, an example, your boss says, Hey, can you finish this uh, project by today? You can say to your boss, I'm really sorry boss, but today I'm actually flat out. I'm really busy. Yeah, so I can't do that because I'm flat out I've got no time and I'm I'm preoccupied with too many things so I'm flat out I can't do it I'll give you one more example now Um, guys I can't uh, get to work uh, early this morning because I'm flat out with the project at home okay guys I'm flat out with the project at home these are great phrasal verbs to use guys and we use them a lot in the office number 2 train of thought this is really good guys we use this a lot in the office what do you think it means train and a thought you got the train and the thought so guys think about a train going along rails yeah going along rails it's direct it's going to a destination it knows where it's going but if you say an example I'm sorry, I've lost my train of thought. What does this mean? This means that I have forgotten what I am talking about. I I have got distracted and I don't know what I'm talking about. So I've lost my train of thought. Beautiful phrase, guys. You can use this in the office when you're in a meeting especially when you're talking something distracts you and suddenly your mind goes blank Like, oh my god you can say in this moment I've lost my train of thought so guys this is a great phrase remember it take note next one on track okay guys so this is quite similar to the previous one on track so guys in this meeting we have to stay on track we have to hit The objective okay so I'm going to stay on track so we can complete this meeting and hit all the objectives and stay on track so on track so I'll give you an example Um, in this meeting guys it's very important that we talk about the objective and we talk about each task and we stay on track and not get distracted Think about the example with the train on the track stay on track don't go off track stay on the track so guys in a meeting it's perfect so if people are talking about different things in the meeting you can guys excuse me guys um, I think it's important we stay on track we've only got 10 minutes left so let's stay on track and talk about the reason why we are having this meeting. Let's stay on track, very common phrase we use. Okay guys, number four, off track. What do you think this means? It's basically the opposite of on track. So I can say this, guys, um, I think we are distracted in a meeting, I think we are distracted. Let's not go off track. Let's stay on track, yes? So, another example. Um, Guys, I think we are getting off track. So, if people are talking about different things and not on the topic of the meeting, you can say, guys, we are getting off track. Do you mind if we move to the next task, which was uh, scheduled in the meeting? Next three, to bank on. What does this mean? This basically means to bet on you depend on it happening you think it will happen basically i'll give you an example so imagine your uh, colleague is getting a promotion so i can say this i can say um he's getting a promotion so i'm banking on getting his position yeah or since we finished the project at midday I'm banking on an early finish. I'm guessing, I'm thinking. It's very probable that it will happen. Next, to brush up on. This is a phrasal verb and it's great to use in the office. So to brush up on means to practice something, to get better, to get more up to date, yeah? So I'll give you two examples. So I'm going to Italy this year so I need to brush up on my Italian I need to practice my Italian, I'm a little rusty or number two, um, I got the job for the software engineering but I need to brush up on this program which means I need to start using the program to get up to date with today's date the third one is to bring something to the table now This means to add some benefit to a person, to a team or to a company. So let's give the first example. Valeria brings a lot to the table in terms of her communication skills and her management skills. Or Sam brings his professional expertise to the table. And this is what's gonna help the company in the long run to bring up this means to mention or introduce something to a topic so for example um, i'll bring it up with john tomorrow i'll mention it to john tomorrow i'll bring it up with him tomorrow and number two our presentation is missing some key points i'll bring it up with the team On Monday to turn down this means to say no to something or to reject something for example he turned down the promotion because they didn't increase his salary or John turned down the conference tickets because he couldn't go to turn down means to say no or to reject something. And the last one today, guys, is to wing it. What does it mean? Like the wing of a plane? It's got nothing to do with it. So, to wing it means is not to plan for something, is to do something spontaneously with no plan. For example, I forgot the notes on my laptop for for the presentation. I guess I'll just have to wing it. Or your boss says to you, If you haven't got the notes, then I I guess you'll just have to wing it. So guys, these are the 10 most common business expressions that will really help you and take your level of English to the next level. So guys, remember to use these phrases to be more natural and to sound more like a native English speaker. And the last thing guys, I have a bonus for you which I promised, I'm going to leave down somewhere around here in, in the comments my book on how you can improve your English in 30 days, your fluency and your confidence. There you go, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. See you next
0: time. Okay, that's round three. Stay tuned for the judge's final decision. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel so you don't miss our future battles. Click subscribe now.
1: Okay, how do you think round three went? It was great. Actually, it was amazing. Uh, I liked it very much. I was surprised in uh, both ways, negative and positive. So, yeah, actually, I thought that there is going to be more editing into this uh, in this (laughs) videos. I wanted uh, to make it. I I, I thought that they would make it more dynamic. But still, it was interesting to uh, listen to it and to watch it. And I guess that uh, we can start with uh, one of the videos. Uh, Let's start with Anna. First of all, I think that uh, this uh, particular uh, grammar topic is um, important and is uh, directed to uh, beginners, right? Because this is the pre- pronunciation of the articles. So yeah, and in this case, I think sometimes she had very fast speed of her speech. I think sometimes she uh, spoke ve- spoke very fast, uh, but still, but still, I think it was um, uh, very clear and. Uh, uh, maybe if we put some subtitles or automatic subtitles to that, it wouldn't be a problem for a student to understand everything. So yeah, I can give a point to that. Uh, also, I like uh, the exercises that she provided. So it was the tongue twisters. She was, She gave a lot of examples. She gave some, um, some examples which were funny, and uh, it makes video more engaging. Basically, I think it was very informative. This was the positive parts of that. However, I didn't like uh, some of the things that I think also are crucial in creating a video uh, because as a content maker, I think we should, you know, we should uh, take care of these things. We we have to look into that. There wasn't editing at all. uh, And she was uh, like, her video was recorded without any cuts. Uh, So that was a problem. And that's why I didn't uh, have a lot of visualization. So there weren't any examples written on the, uh, on the screen. So, and that was kind of, I think that's uh, not right uh, especially if we speak about beginners or elementary students. Also also I would like to have some kind of practice even in this kind of videos. In this kind of videos I think that um it is very important for students to be more engaging uh, because we don't have the like face-to-face experience, right? And after I don't know one minute or thirty seconds, the student might just turn off the video. In this case, uh, we need to practice a little bit. So uh, when she started to give a tongue twister, maybe it would be better. It would have been better uh, to write it down on the screen. And give some time students to read it by themselves, by themselves, just by themselves, uh, looking at the screen. That's it. The same we can do with some uh, practicing of uh, different sounds. So, yeah, just. I think that uh, there should be uh, more practice in this uh, videos. And yeah, as for the you know, quality of picture and uh, sound, I don't think it was very good. It was recorded on the uh, on, on the webcam uh, and uh, the sound was recorded there. So sometimes it, it, I, I can't say that it's not audible. It's audible, obviously. But again, again students might just turn it off because they uh, wouldn't like the picture or the sound of it.
0: Yeah, I have a similar analysis of this video. First thing that struck me was just the audio quality being bad. Um, And then the topic, I thought that the topic was about the pronunciation of articles, a, an, and the. Mm-hmm. But then when she introduced the topic, it was about something else. And then throughout the video, she really veered off the topic. Like I felt like half the video wasn't connected. And then at the end, it kind of felt like she was reading off a script. So um, those things struck me. Some things that were good, though, um, she repeated a lot of phrases towards the beginning. But again, seeing it on the screen would have been great. Uh, people need to see it so that they can remember it, see it, and hear it. would be great. She gave a personal story um, about her dad being from India and, and talked about that. And I thought that was really good to, to connect with the audience. One thing that bothered me was repeated uh, teaching of the word a or a as a. And so, you know, I definitely wouldn't teach it that way or or I don't think that that's right. So I wouldn't have included that. Um, Another really good thing that was here was she assigned homework. Mm. She connected it to something that they needed to do later. I thought that that was a really good move. Um, especially, you know, in this competition, like thinking of how you connect that to something later. So, um, so yeah. And, and I mean, there were like lots of mouse clicks that you could hear during the video. So overall, I think it could be better. I think, oh, another really cool thing that she did was she talked for 10 minutes straight. Yeah. Like, how did you do that? That was amazing. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: that well, that was great. Great
0: so so there were some good bits and like some of the content was really good especially towards the beginning i liked the beginning of the content better than when it kind of switched off topic yeah what about yeah. daniel's yeah. video what do you think about daniel's video
1: uh you know i was impressed i was really really impressed because it was so good i mean Picture is amazing. Sound is also good. And also, I was uh, I was surprised uh, with the uh, whiteboard that he had, and he had some words over there. I mean, the vocabulary that he presented. It was much um, much more interesting to watch and much more engaging for me. Also, I can't I can't uh, help myself but uh, tell that. Uh, Daniel, you know, he opened up for me in a different way because his charisma, the level of his charisma was like, it was wow. I was like, wow, okay, please come on. Just, yeah, keep going. I want to, I want (laughs) to, I want to do it. Just, yeah, it was great. So yeah, uh, basically the video was amazing. Uh, it was also very informative. Uh, there was nice examples. So he gave a lot of examples to the different vocabulary, which is also great uh, visualization. As I said, but I again didn't have a lot of visualization. Uh, what I mean is that he gave us some examples, but he didn't write that, that. He didn't write them down. It would be perfect to put them on the screen and maybe. Uh, these uh, examples—they would be, uh, it i mean, sorry. Uh, these examples uh, would be very useful for the further practice, uh, which I also wanted to uh, tell about because he had uh, some definite parts of the video. It was just, you know, it was the red line where the first part is ended, then the second part starts, then the third part starts. Yeah. And I think that between those parts, you can put some practice. So he gave four pieces of vocabulary. Then you can give some, uh, uh, again, uh, some exercises, some tasks. They don't have to be very uh, complicated and difficult. Uh, we have GPD, And in this case, you can just ask gpd to write down a sentence for you and then just <laughs> to put one word out yeah i mean the word that uh yeah. that he presented right yeah and he can put four of these videos and make some kind of a matching uh just for students again just for students to be more engaging not just the uh, passive watching the video but also participating it would be nice and after each part it would be nice to make something like that it's not necessarily have to be the uh, it doesn't have to be the this the example i mean sorry the exercise that i uh, mentioned there are plenty of simple exercises that you can find in all uh, vocabulary books. Uh, for example, uh, grammar, mm, uh, English vocabulary in use. So there are plenty of this exercise that you can put yeah. in your video. Yeah. And I also liked very much the dialogue with a viewer. So he was asking some uh, rhetorical questions and it was nice. Like, what do you think? How do what do you think about that? And why is that? And this is also was uh, great. Uh, so yeah, basically what drawbacks I can find here that this is a little bit lack of practice and uh, that I didn't get a lot of visualization uh, with the examples. That's it. Everything else was perfect. I just, it was just great. Yeah. I mean,
0: I had a lot of positive things to say about this, about this video and like the, in the time period that they had, they had four hours from topic to submitting the file to us I think what he produced in four hours is amazing. Mm -hmm. Like, I think he did such a great job on this. And I really like how he jumped right in from the beginning. I really like his use of the whiteboard. He wrote the words there, the target vocabulary there. So even though he knew that he wasn't going to be able to spend time, you know, putting words on the screen, which I agree, it would be better to have them on the screen, but he still made an effort and put them on the whiteboard. And then you could see that he actually did some basic editing because he wiped the whiteboard clean, wrote the new words and kept going. So that was really cool. I really liked his lighting. Everything was bright. You could see it. You could see him. Um, the audio quality could be improved. There were some sounds in the background, like electrical appliances, and then like halfway through, you could hear traffic outside. Mm -hmm. So like, that could be better. Um, like what you were saying about charisma, he's, his speech was just so dynamic and engaging, uh, Mm -hmm. very good teacher voice, basically. Um, he introduced a bonus towards the beginning of the video and said, stay until the end and you'll get this bonus. That was cool to keep people to the the end of the video. He used his body language. He moved around. It was just so much more engaging to watch. And I probably, one negative thing I would say about this video is that given the topic, I would have chosen different target vocabulary. Mm -hmm. Like the words that he chose to teach, I feel like he could have chosen better words to teach for this topic. For example, he taught a phrase "flat out," and like, I would never use that in American English. Maybe that's an Australian English thing or a British English thing, but um I like that one I didn't know, so that was I learned something new something uh, for you <laughs> yeah uh, he gave a lot of examples with each phrase that he taught. I really like that i I liked that. He edited the video, like I said before um. And then at the end, I really like that he included a call to action and said, now go get my book. And it's like, here's the next step. So someone who was engaged with this video, they know what the next step is. Anna included something like this too, and homework, and he included a book. And so it's really great that both of them did that. And I hope that the future (laughs) challengers will do something similar. (laughs) He kept on the topic from the beginning to the end. So this is the main thing that really stood out, that really makes me say that Daniel, you know, really rocked this round. Mm
1: -hmm. Agree. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Just, as I told you, uh, I never expected him to be this, uh, I don't know, this charismatic, this open, (laughs) this engaging. It's great. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not, I I don't, I'm not trying to say anything bad about him, but yeah, the way he performed in the uh, previous two rounds, he was very, you know, like passive he was he wasn't very active in that and he didn't show you know his magic so to say in here <laughs> he opened up a different person to me i swear
0: <laughs> wow okay so let's count the points for round 3 so i've decided to give daniel 4 points here um i was considering giving him 5 points but i think that anna proved that she can do this, she she did the task, she produced this video that uh, was useful and was educational. I just think that Daniel did it on a different level. So I'm gonna give Daniel four points and Anna one point.
1: Yeah, actually, I agree here. I will give uh, Daniel four points because it was just, it was perfect. You know, there is a meme in TikTok.
2: Oh, I gotta tell you, it was perfect. Perfect, everything down to the last minute details.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, but I can't say that um that effort that um uh, Anna uh, put into this uh, video uh doesn't deserve a single point. Oh, no, it does and uh, yeah, the way she spoke it was nice. The way she uh, the, the information that she gave in the uh, video I think it was pretty useful. So I can't say that uh, it's like bad. If someone recorded a similar video like she did right i think the 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 points would be pretty much the same but here this video was just out of league i mean daniel's video was out of league and yeah just Definitely. i i would like i would i would like to give him five but i can't do that because uh because anna's video was also uh fine in terms of information i think
0: okay yeah that makes sense OK, let's count the total points. Anna, the Avenger, with 14 points. And Daniel, Thunder from Down Under, with 16 points. Daniel,
1: Thunder from Down Under is our champion. Well done, Daniel. Well done. The battle was really intense. They, they, they were 1 to 1, 1 to 1. It was, they were very close. But the last round, that was the deal breaker, I guess.
0: Yeah. Daniel is our champion. Well done to Daniel Thunder from Down Under. And Anna the Avenger, great performance. To everyone watching, if you'd like to join Battle English as a challenger or a spectator, go to wespeakenglish.com slash battleenglish and discover what battle-ready English looks like. Stay tuned for more Battle English. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel so you don't miss the next battle. Thank you to everyone who participated in this battle. We look forward to seeing you at the next one. Battle English at WeSpeakEnglish.com Do you agree with the judge's decision? Write a comment under this video and tell us your opinion. Learn more about Battle English at WeSpeakEnglish.com